The universe declares His majesty. Man, that's a great song. I love that song. And it does, doesn't it? That's, you know, no coincidence. That's what we've been talking about. We're in the book of Genesis. We started a little sermon series a couple of weeks ago, and <clears throat> Bill kicked us off. I did a little intro, and Bill kicked us off. Uh, and, and he started, a, you know, with God preparing a place, right? And here's the crazy thing, man. As I've been studying this week and, and, and looking at Genesis, I've had to stop myself and I had to, had to really, really just stop and, and go, wait a minute, man. We're living in the fallen world. We're, we're living in the sinful earth. I mean, that's some majestic stuff out there. How many of y'all ever been to the Grand Canyon? You've been to the Grand Canyon, you've been down to the Keys, or you've been to the Bahamas, you've been to, you know, I mean, that's some amazing stuff in the world, isn't there? I mean, some of you guys in the military, you've been all over the world. I mean, some of the stuff, man, is just, it's phenomenal. And, and that's after the fall. Are y'all tracking with me? That's after the fall. So when I was going through this week, and you know, we got to day six, right? We got, we got creation, but we hadn't created man yet. And I got to thinking, man, if it's as amazing as it is right now, you know, we went to the Grand Canyon a couple years ago, man. We, we pulled up there, and Kelly got out. She got to the edge, and she started crying. And I thought, well, we, we took the wrong trip. <laughs> she wasn't crying because we took the wrong trip. No, it was just, I mean, it was that majestic. I mean, it just, you know, pictures, pictures don't do justice, do they? Huh? They just, they just don't. It's like it's the difference in getting a, a picture of a newborn baby versus being there when it's born, right? I mean, the pictures just don't do justice of the majesty of God, right? Y'all tracking with me? So this week as I'm looking at this, I'm going, all I know is a sinful world. I, I, don't, I can't even imagine what the earth, what the Garden of Eden was like before Adam and Eve sinned. I mean, imagine that for a minute. Imagine that God creates something so perfect. We, we, can't, we can't really, we can't comprehend that, can we? We just really can't. It's hard. You know, and as I got to thinking this week, I thought, look, does, does, does creation matter? Does it really matter? I mean, whether I believe in the Big Bang or whether I believe in aliens coming down and planting seeds here on the I mean, does it really matter? Does it, I mean, does how we got here, does that, look, man, I'm here, and does it really matter how I got here? Does it really matter how life began? Do we really believe that God spoke it into existence and it was? Or do we believe we came out of nothing? Nothing was here, and all of a sudden, nothing got together and exploded, and we have what we had today because of nothing. Out of nothing, therefore, you are nothing. You see the connection in that? Do we see the connection that Satan is trying to, trying to do on our psyche? If I came from nothing, if nothing exploded, and we're a result of nothingness, then we're more than nothing. And that's not what my Bible tells me. My Bible tells me I'm something. My Bible tells me I'm valued. I'm, 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 I'm worth something. So much so that God sent Jesus to come and die for me on a cross so I could spend the rest of eternity with Him. That's not nothing, guys. That's something. That's something. So if you don't get anything out of today, I want you to get this. You're something today. You matter today. You matter to God. Because I don't know how he did it, but hanging on the cross, he was thinking about each and every one of us. Every person that's ever been born, he was thinking about them because that happened for you. Specifically for you. For me. For each of us. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? So we've gotten through the sixth day here. You know, God created light, separated the light from the darkness. He created an expanse in the sky that separated the waters on the earth. You know, the, the earth was just a, 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 this vast, uh, chaotic 
water, and the Holy Spirit was hovering above it. So God separates. He, it means he creates the sky, right? And then he creates dry ground separated from the waters, the seas, and, and, and all vegetation and plants and trees uh, were created. And then he creates the sun, the moon, and the stars to give light to the earth, separating the day from the night. And In other words, he created time, right? Time didn't exist before that. The sun, the moon, and the stars guide us, the seasons. Then he creates all living creatures in the sea and every winged bird according to their kind, uh, animals that scurry across the ground according to their kind, and he blessed them, told them to go and multiply, right? Fill the earth. And then God created this place, man. It was absolute perfection. And again, I can't wrap my mind around that because all I know is what we, what we have now. Absolute perfection, absolute atmosphere, environment, vegetation, animals. Uh, it didn't rain. There were no weather patterns. There was no storms. There was no, I mean, just perfection. And God said, Genesis 1.25, he said, man, that's good. It says God saw that it was good. So here we are in day six. <coughs> Genesis 1, we're in 26 probably go through verse uh, chapter 2, verse 4, okay? This is when God creates man. Here's where we come along. See, God had to prepare a place, right? He prepares this place. He gets everything in order, and then here's, here's the pinnacle. Here's the apex of creation. Then God said, verse 26, Genesis 1, Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Now what does it mean? When God says, let's create mankind in our image. I mean, who's the our that God's talking about? Our? What do you mean our image? Are those the, I mean, they must be the aliens that people are talking about. That came and helped God put us here. Huh? Who's the our? Come on, guys, help me. It's the Trinity, right? It's, hey, it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? Guys, that's all that existed. And we're created in that image, right? The image and the likeness of God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? And it has nothing to do with physical characteristics. Praise God. Aren't you glad that being made in the image of God has nothing to do with physical characteristics? <laughs> I am. John 4, 24 says God's a spirit, right? Look, the outward appearance that makes a person. Y'all been to a funeral lately? You know, you lose a loved one, you go to a funeral. I remember Mama's funeral, you know, and, and I thought, I mean, the funeral home did a great job, but Mama had aged with her dementia. You know, and Rob and I and the family, we go in and we see Mama, and I thought, you know, for a long time, man, Mama had dementia, and, and uh, Robert and I would always talk about it. And I mean, you know that's your mother, but it wasn't my mother. I mean, I know that was my mother, but it wasn't my mother. See, my mother wasn't that person. Dementia had taken away her mind. Dementia, that wasn't my mom. Because who a person is is the spirit that God puts in us, right? It's our conscience. It's our, it's our psyche. Because, we see, when somebody dies, man, they're laying there. This is just a tent, right? This is just a, a, a tent. But it's not me. I'm, I'm the spirit that God put in me. I'm the consciousness, right? I'm, I'm that spirit. I'm, I'm those, you know, that soul, that spirit, right? That's, that's who each of us are, right? And do you know that God has uniquely wired each and every one of us? Now, we've got some chromosomes from our mom and dad, right? That plays a part in some of the characteristics, okay? More of the physical characteristics, right? But... That's what makes up a person. That's what makes up a person. 
God, God himself. Think about this, man. Everything else, God spoke it. But God himself with man, he, he scoops up some dirt, some dust, and he forms, he shapes Adam. He shapes him. He forms it like a, like a potter. Y'all ever been to a pottery? See somebody making a, 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 a pot, whatever it is they're making? Shaping it and forming it. And then he breathes the breath of life into Adam. The same breath that created everything else, right? That breath. And, and then Adam becomes a living soul, a living spirit, right? And, and here's some things that are unique, unique to human beings, right? We have a will to choose. We have a will, right? We have the ability to reason, to rationalize. We're advanced intellectually. Some of us may say, oh, wait a minute, man. You don't know some of my friends. <laughs> well, we are. Above all the other creation God made, we're advanced intellectually. Okay? Look, we have a conscience. We have emotions, joy, anger, shame, guilt. We can experience empathy and sympathy, right? We have amazing language and communication skills. Some of you may say, now wait a minute, you don't know my husband and my wife. Well, September 17th, we've got a marriage workshop for that. <laughs> but we do. We have amazing, as human beings, we have amazing language and communication skills, right? I mean, think about it. The blind have the Braille system, the hearing impaired. They have sign language. We have amazing communication skills. We have the ability to imagine, to dream, to create, right? Well, we put a man on the moon. I mean, come on. Look at, look at the stuff that's, that we've created. God's given us that imagination, right? We have an understanding of morality, right? We know the difference in right or wrong. Little kids, man. Y'all remember y'all little kids? <laughs> Don't let them fool you, man. They know the difference in right or wrong. God's put that in here, right? We, we know there's a sense of eternity. There's a sense of eternity that God's put in us. We have a sense of purpose. <clears throat> we have a desire for relationships. That's why when you isolate people, people will go crazy if you isolate them long enough. Did y'all know that? Because we weren't wired to be isolated. We were wired for relationships. And then we have a desire to worship. A desire to worship. Man, if you go into the deepest, darkest jungles all over the world, people are worshiping something. I mean, where did that come from? They have no outside contact with anybody else in the world, but yet they're worshiping either the sun, alligators, a river, snakes, trees. They're worshiping something. Where the heck did that come from? We were made in the image of God. God gave us those characteristics. And man, it just, now some of this information I'm, I'm, I've been researching and going through, and I'm just looking. Some of it's coming out of the book, Answers in Genesis, okay? <clears throat> Here's a few things. Do you know the human body has 30 to 40? Listen to this. Listen. The human body has 30 to 40 trillion cells. Trillion cells. Every one of those little cells, everyone has a strip of DNA. A little strip of DNA that's coiled up, that's got these things called Chromosomes, right? 23 from your mother, 23 from your father. That gives us our genetic makeup, my personality, my abilities, talents, what I look like, right? Every one of those cells has that DNA inside it with that code written on it. That gives us our makeup, not makeup for your face, our, our genetic makeup. Well, make sure you're tracking with me. If you could take that DNA, guys, if you could stretch it out end to end, do you know one person's DNA, it would go to the moon and back 165,000 times. Adam and Eve didn't have earthly parents. 
Where did the DNA come from? Where, where was all that information? On, all, 30 to 40 trillion cells. And that evolved? It's impossible. Scientists, man, will tell you it's impossible. When, when you look at the facts, it's impossible. Let, just take one organ in your body. Take the brain, right? Do you know the brain alone has 100,000 billion electrical connections? 100,000 billion electrical connections. Okay, They're called neurons, right? Neurons are specialized cells transmitting nerve impulses, right? They communicate at these junctions called synapses, right? It's where one cell sends a message to another cell that allows the transmission of electrical impulses to take place in our body. It's estimated the total number of synapses in the brain is equal to the number of the stars in the Milky Way galaxy. Times 1,500. There's 200 to 300 billion stars in the Milky Way gal galaxy. That blows my mind. Now, now God's got a sense of humor too, right? This, this brain, have y'all seen the brain? That's probably the most ugliest organ we've got, right? Just looks like a bunch of worms, right? The brain will fit in a quart-sized jar, right? I mean, it's that small, man, right? And, and, and it'll operate for 75 to 90 years. I mean, y'all know some folks that are 90 years old? I mean, it, it'll operate. Some people have lived to be 100 years old. It'll operate in, in the sinful world, right, in a fallen state. It'll operate that long. And look, man, you know what it runs on? Fast food, pizza, and fried chicken. <laughs> huh? I mean, think about what we're eating. I mean, think, think about what we have. I mean, we live in a, we're in a fallen state. Think about how long ago it was that Adam was created and he was perfect. And now think about us. How long, how, how degenerate we've become since Adam. But yet the brain. Man, is that not one of the most ultimate displays of, of, of God's, just the majesty of God? Man, I'm speechless. I don't even have words to... To explain but you know you tell people that and you share that with people and 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 you know you get you get the deer in the headlights look and I'm like yeah yeah that I mean scientists go now look man we're not the result of some cosmic soup we're not we're not the result of some cosmic soup that came out of nothing. No, man, we're created in the image of God. God breathed his own breath into us. Man is, man is the crown, the pinnacle, the apex of God's creation, made in his image, male and female. God is both perfectly male. God is both perfectly female. It's crazy. Is it, not, is it not the ultimate display of disrespect to believe anything else? When, when, you, when you really read and, and you start to learn about the human body, it is, isn't it? And it's part of Satan's strategy. It's part of Satan's strategy to, to keep us in that place to think that I'm nothing. We talked about it in prayer this morning. I mean, anxiety and depression in the United States is rampant, man. It's off the charts, isn't it? I mean, how many of you guys know somebody who's, who's in a state of anxiety or depression? I, I, I'll bet you every one of us do. I mean, even to the point now, it's, it's, man, in middle school, kids in middle school are just struggling with anxiety and depression. Why? Because Satan, Satan has convinced us to believe that we're nothing. We have believed this, this man, it's, it's garbage. I refuse to believe that because I believe I am something. And I'm not saying that in a prideful way. I'm saying that with all glory going to God, man, because he created me. I've got his spirit in me.
I was created in his image. Okay? The tent don't look so good. <laughs> you know, okay? But me inside, I've, you know, I, I, I've changed that. Because there was a time in my life, man, when I've, I felt worthless. And I felt, I didn't, I didn't have no value. But I've changed that, man, because it brings dishonor. It brings disrespect to our Creator when we think otherwise. Okay? So this morning, man, I want to take, listen to, listen to God's word this morning. If you're in that state where you, there's some anxiety, there's some depression this morning, there's, you're feeling less than this morning, I want you to listen to these words. Psalm 139, 14 and 18. The psalmist says, look, I praise you. He's praising God. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay? That means you're priceless, you're remarkable, you're extraordinary, you're amazing, you're astonishing, you're incredible. That's what that means. He says your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me are written in your book before one of them came to be. In other words, God knew you. God saw you. He had a plan, a purpose for you. It was written down before you ever breathed your first breath. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Psalm 8, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of your children and infants, you've established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars which you've set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You've made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands and put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And in Ephesians 2.10, look, we are God's masterpiece. Whoa, time out. Whoa, 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 time out. Are we? He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things He's planned long ago. See, here's the thing, man. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 talks about we've been saved, and it's not anything we did. It's what God did. It's God's grace, right? Do you know we become that masterpiece when we accepted Jesus Christ in our heart? We become that masterpiece when we allow the Holy Spirit to rule and reign. So are you a masterpiece this morning? We're all created by God in His image. We're all valuable. We're all extremely valuable and important to God, right? That's what God thinks of you. All human life is valuable. From the womb, conception, until God gives our last breath on earth. So much so that God sent Jesus to die for us. For God so loved. Put your name in there. Look up John 3.16. Man, you start feeling the anxiety. You start feeling the depression. You start feeling that, that I'm less than. Then you open God's Word. You go to John 3.16. You plug your name in there. For God so loved, say your name, for God so loved J.D. that he sent his one and only son that if J.D. would believe on him, he would not perish but have everlasting life. That's what God thinks of you. That's what God thinks of me. That's amazing, isn't it? So here's a question this morning. Look, knowing that, Knowing that, why do I push him away? Why, why do we push him away? Why do I reject him? Why do I deny him? Why? 
for somebody to love us that much. Why? Man, it should drive us. It should inspire us. It should stimulate us to run, right? Run to Him, right? It should. Well, see, there again, Satan's got us, Satan's got us tricked, hasn't he? Satan's got some of us blind to the truth. And we're not real sure. And that's really what faith is, isn't it? Faith is, I'm not so sure, but look, there ain't nothing on earth scientifically that can prove otherwise. I'm going to trust and have faith in God. Because look, I believe you've got to have a lot more faith to believe in evolution and to believe in all that crap than you do to believe in, in the one true living God that spoke it into existence. Right? And then God blessed them. Verse 28. God blessed them. He said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and, and over every living creature that moves on the earth. Then 29, God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. That's the only mistake God made. See, he made vegetarians. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I mean, no, that was perfect. Guys, it was perfect. It was perfect. And to the beast of the earth and the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has a breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. 31. God saw all that he had made, and it was what? Now, if God says it's very good, what do you think it was like? We, we can't fathom what it was like. We can't. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Notice one thing here, man. God didn't create man just to sit around on a rock or hang out in the palm trees or lay out on the beach on the sand and do nothing. Did you notice that? Did you notice he gave him a purpose? He gave them a purpose. Them. Adam and Eve, he gave us a, a purpose. Here's the purpose. One, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, populate the earth. Guys, marriage, family is critical to God. Okay? If there's one institution right now of God that's under attack more than anything else, it's the family. Okay? Right here, God's given us a purpose. Our purpose is to ensure the family unit the way God put it together. Right now, man, Satan is trying to change the family unit. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man. But that way ends in death. There's, there's one family unit, okay? God created Adam and Eve. God didn't give Adam a choice. He didn't, he didn't create multiple people and say, hey, here you go, multiple choice, pick yours. No, he created someone especially for, we'll see that next week, especially for, specifically for Adam. And it happened to be a woman. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm not, look, this is biblical. God didn't create another man for Adam. We're trying to change. We're trying to change God's word. We're trying to change God's, God's design. There was a design, a specific design for God's family. Guys, if you're in the church, if we're authentic followers of Jesus Christ, we need to start standing up for the family. Okay? And I'm not saying we've got to beat people down. I'm just saying we've got to stand up for the family. It, it, it isn't all of this. No, it's, it's God's Word. 
If that irritates you, then you need to get some stuff right with Jesus Christ, okay? You need to let the Holy Spirit of God speak to you because, look, man, God ain't changing his design to fit our way of thinking. God's not going to change his design to, to, because it just it makes some of us uncomfortable or mad. There's a design that God put together. There's a design that God created. What are we doing to protect the family? Man, I'm going to tell you, you, you know, I don't want to get political this morning because I'm not political. But look, I think there's some, things, there's some things out there you need to subscribe to. Family Research Council is one of them. Tony Perkins, I think, leads that. There's some things going on in our government. There's some things going on in our school system. There's some things going on that men of God and women of God need to stand up and say, No. No. That's wrong. That's not the way God designed it. No. We're not going to put up with that. Do you know mothers in Virginia stood up and said, No. You're not teaching our kids that in elementary school. And, you know, it changed almost the state of Virginia. Guys, Christians got to stand up. Okay? We've got to protect the family. And here's my, my, my concern. I hope it hasn't gone so far now that we can't get back. Okay? Now, the Bible says if my people will humble themselves. Hello? If my people who are called by my name will pray, humble themselves, then I'll hear from heaven. So I don't think it's ever too, I don't, God's arm, the Bible says nothing is impossible for God. But man, it ain't going to happen if, if authentic followers of Jesus Christ don't stand up and say, look, we're not going to tolerate this. And then here's the second purpose. He said, subdue the earth, rule over, take care of what I've created. So, number one, it's the family unit, right? It's our family unit, and then it's to subdue, it's, it's work. Hey, man, did you know, we learned this weekend, and we've heard it before, you probably heard Bill and I say it before. Look, man, work is worship. I know some of us are going, Ugh. but you don't know where I work. No, I don't know where you work. It don't matter where you work. See, work is not an external thing. Work is an internal thing. We worship because what does Colossians 3.23 say? Whatever you do, do all for the glory of who? The Lord. I do everything for Him. We do everything for Him. Don't matter who I work for, right? You can change jobs, but you don't change being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen? So whatever it is you do to put food on the table and a roof over your head, that can change. But being a disciple of Jesus Christ, man, that's, that stays the same. See, you're a disciple of Jesus Christ disguised as whatever it is you do. So be a disciple wherever you work, man. And I want you to notice something. What, what did God put in front of our work? What was the first purpose? Family. Guys, some of us, we put work ahead of our family. We need to make family a priority. Okay? And I was one of those, I fell in that trap. We get, we get, we just, we get consumed with work. We get, and it's not just guys, it's ladies too. We get consumed with work. Work, providing, providing, providing. And you know what? I, man, I, 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 do y'all know folks, man? They provide so much. The kids got everything. But you know the one thing they don't have? They don't have the family unit like, like God's Word wants them to have. Do you know we can work and we can be successful and we can just knock it out of the park, man, and we can lose the family unit? Guys, it's happened because we're living in it. We're there. And I think we've got to change some things, Okay. Now, I think both of those two things need to, need to be like this. It's not this, it's this. So those two things have to work in harmony, right? They work in harmony. But what does it profit? What did Jesus say? What does it profit if a man, what? Gain the world but lose, lose himself. Hey, you know, last time I did a marriage ceremony, two became one. I become one with my spouse, and I'm working so much trying to gain the world, but I lose myself. My spouse is part of me. 
My kids are part of me, right? So, man, we got to get that back. we got to get that in order, right? Remember, work is worship. If you remember, work is worship. Colossians 3.23, that points, your, that points you back to God, right? That gets the perspective of work right, right? And guys, I'm telling you, if we'll do it God's way, what happens? Do you know if we do it God's way, it works 100% of the time, all the time. That's enough right there for us to do some changing, isn't it? Huh? And look, I'm going to add something to this because after the fall of man, now our purpose in the beginning didn't change, right? But since the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have an even greater purpose, don't we? So we got a family unit. We need, we need to take care of, you know, the family. The family needs to be what God created it to be. And we need to take, in a, take care of the earth. Look, I'm not promoting being a, an environmental activist, okay? I'm not saying that. But we need to take care of the earth. We need to take care of what God created, right? Look, think about our building here. Think about the grounds that God's given us here. Why wouldn't we take care of something that God's blessed us with? That means every one of us. I just happen to be the pastor here. Okay, yeah, but you own it too, man. It's yours too. Don't walk by some mess. Make it right, right? So look, in the world, the same thing applies. Why are we, Man, as Christians, why are we sticking our head in the sand and we're letting God's creation be torn all to pieces? And this ain't a political thing. This is a biblical thing, okay? Let's take care of stuff that God's given us, right? And, and here, look, man, after, after Jesus was raised from the dead, you know, we've been given a greater purpose to do what? To share our faith in Christ, right? To make sure that people who don't know him know him. Look at what Jesus said, Matthew 4, 19. Jesus said, come and follow me. I'll make you fish for people. Wow. Then he said, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Look, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We got a purpose, man, to go to. In, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man has been made new in Christ, he's a what? He's a new creation, right? And then look down at verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, because I'm new in Christ. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you. Who's the you? People that don't know him. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So I, I would say, you know, not only is the family unit important, that's part of our purpose, but taking care of what God's given us, the creation, and then I would say reconciling men to God. Man, you want to you write them down? If you need to write them down, you're a, you know... You, you, you need it, then those are the three things I think you can write down. Guys, it's important. Thus the heavens and the earth, chapter 2, verse 1, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Like God needs to rest, right? But, but, but look, wait. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. What does holy mean? Set, set apart, right? Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating he had done. So Sabbath, the Sabbath, the seventh day, the Sabbath means to cease or stop. It means to rest. And God blessed that day, made it holy because his work was completed. Now God didn't need to rest because God's God. Why did God do that? Why did God orchestrate that? For us. Because he knew what was going to happen. Look, God knew Adam and Eve were going to sin. God knew how, God knows how we're wired. God knows we'll work ourselves to death, right? So God's instituted this because God knew what was going to happen. He also put it in the Ten Commandments, right? Exodus 20, verse 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath. It's the only one of the Ten Commandments that says, hey, remember Remember, remember, why does it say remember? Well, remember who created everything. Remember why it was created. Remember what happened, right? The Hebrew people, when they left Egypt, they, man, they had been in Egypt for 400 years. They had almost forgotten who God was. They didn't know this person of God. God's put those, those, those laws in place to help establish the relationship with him once again, right? 
people then and now are also constantly working to be made right with God. Striving to be made right with God. Do you know we're doing everything under the sun to be made right with God except the one thing God wants us to do? I wonder what that could be. God sent His one and only Son to die for us. And it's through His finished work on the cross that we can be made right with God. There's nothing we can do to be made right with God. That's the only thing we can do is surrender and submit to God to be made right with Him. That's it. But we're, we're doing everything in the world to try to be made right when God did it for us. God established a Sabbath so we could rest. That was a physical Sabbath, but God's also established a spiritual Sabbath, guys. Okay? Jesus is our Sabbath. Did y'all know that? You know, Jesus is our Sabbath. Look at this. God's sacrifice in Jesus satisfies God's wrath for all sin. Jesus restores man to a holy God. We can stop working or striving to make things right with God, trying to be acceptable to God. In Christ, we come to know God. We're restored to Him by receiving the Holy Spirit, which is far greater than the law. <clears throat> Jesus sets us apart. So Jesus is my Sabbath. If you, don't, if, if you want more on that, read Hebrews 4. It goes into great detail about Jesus being our, our rest and our Sabbath. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we're not under the law, are we? What are we under? We're under God's grace, right? And look, the Sabbath really isn't a day. It's a principle. It's a principle of resting in God. It's a principle of resting and letting Jesus be that rest for us. Look at what he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 and 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy with burdens, heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Then he says, look, take my yoke. You want to be bound to something? Put my yoke on you. Okay? Learn from me because I'm gentle. I'm, I'm lowly in heart and you will find what? Rest for what? For your soul. So God establishes a Sabbath day to help us physically, but he he gave us a Sabbath in Jesus to help us spiritually. And two things, and I want to end with this. When God blessed the seventh day, I want you to notice that it didn't say an evening passed and morning came marking the seventh day. Did you notice that? The last time God said that, says that was with the sixth day. Now, why didn't God say that about the seventh day? Because our Sabbath isn't a day. Our Sabbath, our rest in Him, guys, it's endless. It's, it's, it's an eternal rest. You get that? See, some of us have the mentality right now that, that I come to church on Sunday, I do my thing from 9 to noon, and I'm good to go. Woohoo! I can check that off the list. And that's what we do. We treat God like we check off the list. It ain't no different than taking the trash off this week. That's not what God's talking about right here. He said, man, look, don't you put me on no list. I am the list. My rest is eternal. It's never ending. It never ceases. It begins and it ends with me. Now, how do we know that? What day was Adam created? What day? The sixth day, right? What's the first day that Adam experiences life? What day? The first day that Adam is alive and experiences earth, experiences this magnificent place that God creates, is the Sabbath. The first day of Adam's life is resting in God.
is getting to know the Creator. Wow, man, don't we have it messed up? Don't we have it so jacked up? We, we've reduced God to this one day a week where we get together, the body of Christ, to worship when God wants me 100% of the time. Matthew 6, Seek, this is Jesus. Seek first the kingdom and what God wants. Then all your other needs will be met as well. Guys like Adam, we're supposed to be resting in Jesus. We're supposed to be resting in God. Then everything else will line up if we'll follow the way God created us, if we'll follow the plan God in place, the way God designed it, if we'll do that. Everything else falls in line. John 6, 27. Don't work. Again, this is Jesus. Don't work for the food that spoils. Work for the food that stays good always and gives eternal life. The Son of Man will give you this food because on Him, God the Father has put His power. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Guys, of all the things that I got out of this week, when I went through the message, and, and, and then this weekend at the Man, Man Up Conference, we, we, we've got to get back to what God designed. We've got to get back to the way God put things in place. We've got to get back to the way God designed it, and we need to do it His way. It's His work to be done His way. And if it's done any other way, we're not going to benefit from it. So the biggest thing for me was, wow, have we really reduced God to one day a week? Guys, let's get back. Let's get back to putting God first, resting in Him. And that's not a day of the week. That's forever, right? And you can't rest in Him if you don't know Him. You can't rest in Him if you don't have His Spirit living in you, right? And guys, too many people sitting in church on Sunday morning, of which we're one of them, too many of us know Him, but we don't know Him. We know about Him. And we're just checking stuff off a list. Genesis 2.4 says, This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. In other words, I think God's saying, this is the record, guys. This is the record I'm giving Moses so one day you can read this and you can know the truth. You can know the truth about me as the creator and you can know what I need you to do. And you can stop working so hard. You can stop striving and just, man, just do it my way. Rest in me. Fulfill the purpose I've given you. Might, that, that might mean that we need to make some changes in our life, right? We may need to. I asked the men on the conference, because God spoke to me this week, am I being a mediocre man of God? Or am I maximizing and multiplying what God has given me and what God has done in me? That's not just for me, and I think that's for all of us, guys. Am I a mediocre Christian? Or am I maximizing and multiplying what God has done in me, what God's doing through me, and what God has given me? I think we maximize it when we rest in Him and when we put His purposes, okay? When we do it His way. And when we honor and glorify Him the most. Guys, y'all come. Father, I pray right now that you use these words today to help us evaluate where we are. 
Father, so many of us struggle with anxiety. We struggle with, with depression. We struggle with self-worth. Lord, your word here, we read in, in, in Genesis 1 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You created us in your image. In the image of God, we're created. Male and female were created in the image of God. Magnificent. We're the pinnacle. We're the apex of your creation. Father, help us. Lord, I believe if we just rest in you, if we stop striving and, 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 and trying to achieve the peace of God, really that's what it is, it's the peace of God, being made right with Him. If we stop striving and trying to achieve, achieve that in our own way, our own power, and just surrender, Lord, to what you did, to the rest that you've given us, and then, Lord, if we just simply live our life the way you designed us to live it. Family first. Work, yes, we work. You've given us work. Work is not after the fall. It was before man's sin. Our work is worship. And then telling people about you, sharing our faith in, in you. Lifting you up so all men can become reconciled to you. Lord, if we focus on those three things and then resting in you. Lord, I believe it would change a lot of the anxiety and the depression that's going on. Father, I thank you for the message today. I thank you for revealing things to me in my life. And I pray for marriages right now, Lord. I pray for the family unit. Help us to be godly men and women. Help us to be a family unit that resembles what you design. That might mean we need to make some changes, Lord. But you're in that business of transforming. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to transform us and make us the people of God that you want us to be, Lord. We just have to be willing to surrender. Father, I don't know what you're doing in everybody's life, but I know you're working because you're always working. My prayer right now, is, Lord, is that we would humble ourselves and be willing to let you do whatever it is you want to do so we could experience that rest. Rest for our soul. In your name I pray. Amen.